You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. Not many of you. Well, in case you don't know, senioritis is a disease that affects 99.9% of all college and high school seniors. It's dreadful. It affects all brain and motor functions, specifically hindering the part of the brain that gives you motivation towards academics. And so recently, I have had a horrible case of senioritis. Um, I graduate college in December. I know my mom can't believe it. And some weeks, it is very, very hard to find the motivation to do my schoolwork. I'm online. Um, I'm currently in week three of summer classes. I had to take them so that I could graduate in December. But all of my work is due on Monday at midnight, and I have the whole week to complete it. From Tuesday to Monday at midnight, I have complete freedom to do school whenever I want to. Well, fast forward to Thursday, and I start thinking, maybe I should think about doing my schoolwork. And the key word is think about doing it. Well, a few days pass by, and it's Monday when it's due, and I'm still thinking about doing my schoolwork. And so the whole day, I wake up on Monday, and I'm like, Matthew, you need to finish your schoolwork because it's due at midnight. And so I finally get up the motivation to do it, and I turn it in on Tuesday, and that is one day late. And so I, I go through these phases every now and then, especially because I'm so close to graduating. And I, I try not to make a habit of it. I don't turn in my assignments late all the time. And just by the mercy of God, I only have one C. Um, the rest are A's and B's. But I'm sure everyone that has been to college or has graduated high school understands this moment. <clears throat> is it wise? No. But I think all of us at times, we try to be wise with our time or our money or other circumstances, but we give in sometimes. And that's just our humanity. But today, biblical wisdom, we're going to be in James, it tells us something different. And that's going to be the theme of today's message. And so like I said, we're going to be in James today. Um, James Eggers isn't here yet. I was going to give a shout out to him just because of his name. But James, it's a book in the New Testament. It's written by Jesus' half-brother, James. And it is one of the most practical books in the New Testament. And it focuses on practical ways to live like Christ and how to pursue a life of holiness set apart from the world. 
And so we see in James 2.17 that faith without works is dead. James tells us that a faith without real change is not a real faith at all. But we're going to be focusing on chapter 3 today, the latter half. And I'm going to call this the wisdom section, because that's what it calls it in my Bible. This chapter focuses on wisdom after James shares two things that can't coexist. And that is faith in God and completely rejecting good works, turning away from those who are less fortunate, and even cursing from our lips. Matthew 12.30 states, Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Complete opposites. And so today, as we look at wisdom, we're going to see how Scripture views it. So if you have a digital Bible, uh, I'll be reading out of the ESV. If you have a bulletin, you can follow on the backside because um, the entire main passage will be there. Uh, it might say Romans 12 through 16 on there. That's a typo. But, you know, we're still going to go through it anyways. And so uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for um, giving me the opportunity to get up here and bring the message today. I just pray that um, you keep me humble and you just speak through me right now because I'm just a vessel. And I just pray that you prick the hearts of everyone here, that they can hear this message that comes straight from Scripture, and that their life will be changed. If anyone here that's not saved, I just pray that you work through them and convict them, Lord. And if anyone here that is struggling with earthly wisdom or struggling with a certain sin, I just pray that you work through them as well. And we just thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the amazing communion devotion. You are amazing. Thank you for Memorial Day. And we pray for this in your name. Amen. So we're going to be in James 3, verses 13 through 18. In your Bible, it'll probably say the wisdom section. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good works, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And so today, we're going to have a very simple outline. We're going to divine two types of wisdom that someone can have. But before we do that, what exactly is wisdom? And I think John Piper gives a good definition. Wisdom is the practical knowledge by which we gain true and lasting joy and happiness. 
It is the practical knowledge by which we gain true joy and lasting happiness. So we're going to focus on James 3, 14 and 15 first. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. The first type of wisdom we're going to talk about is a wisdom that is completely unbiblical. It is unspiritual. And that's how James describes it. He even says it's demonic. Earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Three words that seem to go from bad to worse. Earthly wisdom that focuses on jealousy and selfish ambition ultimately leads to demonic wisdom. Because it's the same thing. And that seems so extreme, those words, demonic, but when we look to people in the Bible who have put their faith in themselves through selfish ambition, it never seems to have gone the way they wanted it to. And so our first type of wisdom, wisdom that does not come from above. Wisdom that does not come from above. And I use this example because it's uh, stuck in my brain. We've been going through Exodus in youth right now. Um, And if you know the story of Exodus, you know that the Israelites were enslaved by Pharaoh in Egypt. Pharaoh was prideful. And he puts his whole faith in his pride, his power, and his earthly wisdom. And so when Moses approaches after being called by God... He tells him to lay aside his pride and let the Israelites go. And Pharaoh refuses. He questions the Lord in Exodus 5.2. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord. And moreover, I will not let Israel go. And through the chapters that happen it leads the Egyptians down a path of despair. Pharaoh would be shown sign after sign that God was not playing around. But Pharaoh still puts all of his faith in his pride. And the consequences of that lead to God hardening Pharaoh's heart, then to ten increasingly destructive plagues, one of which kills his firstborn son, and Scripture says not one house in Egypt did not suffer from a death. So all firstborn sons in Egypt, then finally to ultimate destruction. Pharaoh had wisdom that was focused on his own pride and his own arrogance. And it led not to just his death, but many children's deaths, and the death of the entire Egyptian army and himself. And just like Pharaoh, if our wisdom does not come from above, then we too will ultimately be led to destruction. But moving forward to the first half of James 3, because we're we're 13 through 18, 1 through 12 focuses on teachers and the bridling of the tongue. 
And the reason James puts this verse about teachers and then wisdom is because James is warning us and the church that he's writing to about dissension in the church. Because he's worried about the teachers in the church creating chaos with their wisdom that is earthly and unspiritual. And how true is that today as well? How often do we see pastors show up in the news or see TikToks or Instagram or YouTube and they're just spouting unbiblical and false wisdom from the pulpit? And when this is allowed, it leads to utter chaos. And James 3.16 verifies it. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. And that's why we see so much disunity and destruction in the church today. People are frustrated with the way the state of the current, with the way the current state of the church is. And this is why so many people are deconstructing their faith and turning away from God. Because they're either receiving a watered-down, feel-good gospel, a gospel that promises untold earthly prosperity and happiness, or a false gospel that marries political agenda and power over the meekness of wisdom that James calls for. And I personally, I've seen all types of these doctrines play out, and there's no wonder why people are leaving the faith today. What James warns us about in James 3 is coming true right before our eyes. In 2020, church attendance was at an all-time low, sitting at 47%. Now, obviously we can blame a little bit of that on COVID. In 2018, it was at 50%. And in 1999, it was at 70%. You see the trend? The further we move away from the true gospel, and the more we introduce an earthly wisdom into the church, the more the church will decline. Because people are realizing that there is no difference in what they're doing and what the church is teaching. But if we dive even further into it, we can't just blame the teachers. Every single person on this planet has the opportunity to choose or not choose earthly wisdom. And for me, the biggest thing that points out when I'm at work, earthly wisdom tells me to act just like everyone else. Are the guys sitting around talking about worldly things and cracking dirty jokes? A lot of the times, yeah. And I would love to say that I don't give in 100% of the time, but I'd be lying. Because I'm still human, and until the Lord comes back, we're all going to struggle with some sort of pride, some sort of jealousy, or some sort of acceptance. Ephesians 4, 17 through 24 
Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They're darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which, to, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. It is God who changes the heart and the mind and allows for true wisdom. When one puts off the old self, renews their mind in Christ, and puts on the new self, they then can receive a wisdom that is the complete opposite of earthly wisdom, or wisdom that is not from above. God requires perfection. And unfortunately for us, no matter how hard we try, we cannot give him that. But luckily, God sent us Jesus who is perfect. And when we fail, when you fail, when I fail, when I give in to the temptations of this world, when you give in to that secret sin, when you choose wisdom that is earthly and unspiritual over God, if you have Jesus, then you can look to the cross and you can call on Jesus for repentance. And you can take off that old self and put on that new self. Because Jesus is the only one who can cover that imperfection. And so my question for you today, is your wisdom earthly? Is it unspiritual? Do you let selfish ambition or your jealousy cover your eyes for God? Or have you ever even looked to God and experienced the wisdom and the understanding that only He gives? James 3, 17 through 18. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace, by those who make peace. Wisdom from above is from God. And I promise you, it will provide a life of fulfillment. It will reap a harvest of righteousness, and it will lead to true joy. And that's our second type of wisdom. Wisdom that is from above. So the first type, wisdom that is not from above. And type two, true wisdom, wisdom that is from above. And when we read James 3, 17 and 18, it might sound very familiar to what we see in Galatians 5. 
Galatians 5, 22 through 26, everyone's heard it. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become deceited, provoking one another, envying one another. When we accept Christ, we receive His Holy Spirit. And then we start to live a life that bears fruit that is produced only from the Spirit. And that's where we receive wisdom because the fruits of the Spirit also resemble wisdom that is from above. We crucify our flesh alongside its passions and desires, which means we put to death our jealousy and our selfish ambition. Wisdom that is not from above has no room where wisdom from above is present. Just like darkness has no room where light is present. And going back to the early part of James 3, it says, Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. One cannot be in the presence of another. And so while we will never truly see a life without sin until we die or until Christ returns, we can still live a life of true wisdom and see God bless and we will see true joy. And we see this in Proverbs 3.13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and gets understanding. So if you have wisdom and understanding, you will find happiness. Proverbs 24, 13, and 14. My son, eat honey for it is good, and the drippings of the honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is such to your soul. If you find it, there will be a future, and your hope will not be cut off. I think this verse is kind of funny because I think honey is disgusting, but... Sweet to the taste. That's what it's talking about. To anyone who finds wisdom from above, God promises eternal life. You will never die if you find wisdom from above. Your spirit will never die. God promises so many things through His Son. He promises joy and peace and an eternal future. And a future that won't be cut off from the punishment of death. When we die, if we have Christ, then we get to spend eternity with God. And the amazing part about true wisdom is that if you lack wisdom, all you got to do is ask for it. You might say, man, I'm not wise. All you got to do is ask for it. And James 1.5 tells us if we ask 
If we lack wisdom and we ask for it, he will give it to us generously. Not here's a little, no, here's an abundance. But with asking for wisdom comes putting that wisdom to practice. Because in James 2, faith without works is dead. True faith produces true works. Wisdom comes from God, but it needs to be put to practice by pursuing a life of holiness, living a life set apart, bearing fruit from the Holy Spirit, constantly being in a state of repentance, and not giving in to the tendencies of the flesh. 1 Corinthians 1.30 And because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Jesus literally became to us wisdom and righteousness. He is all we need because He is wisdom, He is righteous, and He is eternal life. And so our main point today, righteousness is harvested where wisdom from above is sown. If you sow in Christ and you sow in wisdom, I think that righteousness can even be replaced with other words. True joy is harvested. Eternal life is harvested. Happiness is harvested. Where wisdom from above is sown because it comes from God. If we want to see the Lord bless us, if we want to see the Lord bless this church, if we want to see the Lord bless this world, then we need to sow in God to receive wisdom and righteousness. Because it's getting bad. On May 24th, a gunman in Uvalde, Texas, walked into Robb Elementary School and shot 21 people, 19 of which were children between the age of 9 and 11. Me and my wife, we were sitting, we were sitting at home talking about people that we know that are that age. Sorry. This is the worst school shooting in Texas history. And in this year alone, there have been 214 mass shootings. And this year isn't even half over. This world has completely turned away from God. Ever since the fall, when sin entered into the world, sinfulness and pride has gotten worse and worse. And destruction is promised for this futile world because it has looked away from Christ and sprinted in the complete opposite direction. So how do we find peace in such darkness? Through all the darkness, 
through all the sorrow, through all the ungodliness. For those who call upon the name of the Lord and live a life according to the gospel of Jesus, we have hope and we have peace. And that's how we find peace in such darkness. We trust in God, we call upon His name, and we live a life for Him. Because all of this comes from God who gives us wisdom from above. And I'll conclude with this. Proverbs 13, 13 through 18. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Wisdom from the Lord is a blessing. It is far more valuable than any jewel, and those who find it receive peace, joy, riches, honor and eternal life and we might not see that on this side of eternity but i promise you all of these things are promised to you if you have wisdom from above and so i'm going to pray if you have any questions um, about the message or would like to make a decision about your faith um, i'll be standing up front We have leaders in here as well that'd love to talk to you. Let's pray.